0: When I was at N and 7, it was mostly um, people from India Mm. who didn't necessarily speak English. And these are people who are also helping write your bulletin. And so you're on air reading Autocue in English, but it doesn't make sense to you. Mm. Uh, Why don't I have editing rights? Why can't I edit this before I go on air? Mm. No one can answer. And so you're finding yourself changing the story as the news anchor as it comes up on Autocue. Sure. Stuff like that just did not make sense to Mm. me. Why are we going through this when there are so many South Africans who have journalist degrees who can write, yeah, yeah, and make it like understandable for people who are watching?
1: And for the last time this season, welcome to Off the Record, the podcast that talks to journalists and news personalities about the stories they cover and what it takes to get those stories to our big and small screens. I'm your host Nyaka Lotefu. Thank you so much for joining me. When people learn what I do, I get asked questions about my profession. I decided to create this podcast to bring people into the newsrooms, editorial meetings and producers catch ups in the hopes that we could all learn the stories behind the news stories. This season, we spent time talking with South African journalists who made their mark in the industry. They took us behind the scenes and offered us all the opportunity to see what happens behind the camera and the mic. From the feedback we have received from you, the season has been a success, but we're not done yet. In this episode, I sat down with a great mentor and friend of mine, Lindy Serame. Apparently, she is called the Rolls Royce of Broadcast. We know her from Kaya FM, YFM, and from what she shared in the opening clip from the now defunct ANN 7. Being in close proximity to Lindy has allowed me to watch her work, and that has taught me that journalism requires the best out of you, and that to meet the highest standards in the field, one should be dedicated to learning and improving.
0: I don't feel like I've perfected my craft. Mm-hmm. I still listen to myself and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> or I watch myself and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a, it's a daily thing of wanting to be better, right? right? So perhaps you'll listen and you'll be like, ah, oh, this is clean. And I'm just like, no. That was the worst bulletin I've done this week.
1: Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and so you you just learn to get better. I listen to how um I listen to a lot of international news, right? And I listen to how they do their news. Um, the tone, the energy in a bulletin, the energy in a particular story, and I pick up from that. Mm. And I don't I don't know if I'll ever be happy. Mhm. I don't think you ever get there where you're just like, yeah, no, this is it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't don't need to learn anymore. I don't Mm -hmm. know if people get there. The Oxford Dictionary describes
1: Lindy as a person who habitually practices a specified activity for the express purpose of improving and progress. She conducts her work like an artist to their canvas. Good is not nearly good enough. And as a result, we all get to listen to and watch journalistic excellence every time she's on our screens and airwaves.
0: I asked Lindy where her love for journalism began. So journalism started, um, well, my journey there started a few years before YFM. Mm -hmm. And I think the love for journalism for me was through my grandmother because, I mean, I grew up with her and we would watch news nyakalo all day, every day, like in every language, (laughs) even in languages I couldn't understand. Um, And she, she was a domestic worker and she, she just loved watching news. Uh, Tosa, Sitswana, Tsonga, Venda eventually when it was introduced. Um, And when I got to my matric year, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with myself and my gran was like, just do what that woman on TV is doing. Oh. Like, just go and do that. Mm. Um, and then I found out that actually journalism is an actual career. There's a whole course called journalism or media studies. Um, and it can lead you to doing what those women on TV were doing. Yeah. Were doing. Mm. And I applied to a number of institutions. And UJ, which is where I really wanted to go, didn't accept me mm. for some reason. And this is, even bef- it, this is even despite the fact that I got distinctions, right, sure. in my matric year. Mm. UJ was like, actually, nah, like, this is not going to work. Eventually, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to Damalin, which was <laughs> literally a road down from my yeah. house. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to UJ. Went to UJ. I think I spent a day in those long lines. And eventually, um, there was some man who came and was like why are you even standing in this line like you have qualified for your for your course mm. he enrolled me and that's where the journey actually really began
1: lindy went on to complete her journalism degree and work for yfm where
0: just like me some of her best years were spent learning i think that is where my love for journalism started because zukile was so hard he was a tough man to please And I remember him saying to me, the only way that you're going to get a contract is if you can memorize YFM style guide, and I need you to come into my office every morning and you're going to recite it to me. Yeah. What? So I got the style guide and I would do like three or four pages a day, Mm -hmm. read through the style guide. Then I'd go into his office and he'd be like, okay, what have you learned? Mm. And I would recite it. He's actually not listening. He's mm-hmm. going about his business mm-hmm. in his office. And I'm standing there reciting a style <laughs> guide <laughs> at like nine in the morning. Sure. Yeah. And eventually, I think it was about after four months, when they needed an anchor to go on breakfast, Mo Flavor was doing that show with Kutso Teledi. Mm-hmm. And they needed a breakfast news anchor. And Zuchile was like, okay, listen, I'm going to give you a contract right? Mm -hmm. But I really, really need you to work hard. And that's how I got my first official News Anchor contract, Mm. which was ridiculous. But I was still very grateful for it.
1: From radio, she made the swift transition into television journalism, landing a spot with the African News Network 7. In this next part, she talks about
0: what that experience was like. Back then, I didn't have much responsibilities. Mm. And so taking the plunge made sense to me. It was like, why not? What's holding me back? YFM became like a very comfortable place for me. Yeah. By the time I left, I was like a senior news anchor. I felt like I had done everything I could do besides becoming editor, mm. which was not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I was like, ah, you know, why not? Went into TV and yes, I doubted it myself when I got to a and 7. This is something I had never done before. I'd never read autocue before, um, didn't know the lingo of how television works, mm. um, your EP and your, listen, there was lingos where I, I would just like nod my head and be like, yeah, sure. My EP has what? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, it was nerve wracking. It was very nerve wracking. And I mean, with a and 7, I wasn't there for long because yeah. I found myself in a place where things were not making sense to me. Like, I got there and I was very excited. The paycheck was better than what I was getting at Y, which Mm. was great. Um, The exposure that you get on being on TV is great. But there were certain things where you're just questioning and you're like, but why? Mm. Like, why is this happening? Um, And I didn't get the answers that I was looking for. And eventually I was like, you know what? I can do better. And I left. I decided on that day I can do better. I remember I was sitting in the makeup room about to get my makeup done to go on field and I was like but why am I doing this story? Mm. This actually does not make sense to me. And I stood up and I left and I called them and I said I'm not coming back. That's it.
1: And what was the reaction to you just leaving just like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think with me, the biggest fear is just getting your name ruined after that. Like, did you not fear that they were going to do that
0: somehow? Funny enough, no, I didn't. That was the least of my worries. Um, And I don't know why. Maybe it's because I have a bit of cocky in me Mm -hmm. where I'm just like, (laughs) I make a plan. Listen. (laughs) I'm going to be all right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the burning of bridges and ruining my name wasn't really a huge concern to me. I was just like, I'm not doing this. Mm. I felt like my reputation would have been worse had I stayed and continued to make an ass of myself on air. As opposed to leaving and finding a place where um, I feel comfortable Mm. in flourishing and doing my work. In journalism,
1: integrity is everything. The fallout from the failed news station still plays out in society today. Here's an excerpt from a 2018 article by Anton Haber, Caxton Professor of Journalism at Wits University. The closure of ANN7 could be viewed as South Africa's Facebook lesson. Diversity in news is of dubious value when it means polluting the air with dishonest journalism. What South African audiences want is more, better independent journalism and they will have a better chance of getting that if ANN 7 is replaced by another station. And Professor Anton Harbour was right. The new station was replaced by Newsroom Africa to the satisfaction and excitement of the journalism industry and the country as a whole. Newsroom Africa has been doing a stellar job hiring the best and brightest including Lindy of course. I asked Lindy what she thought was a major challenge about the industry that she would change
0: if she could. If I could do a complete overhaul of this industry, I would make sure and make it compulsory that the journalists who are doing the hard work
1: are always put first,
0: Mm. right? Because I feel like, especially in radio stations where it might not even be a talk radio station, Mm -hmm. the journalists are the afterthought. Yeah, It's like, yeah, we've got all of this happening and then we've got our journalists, yes. right? Mm. And in your licensing contract, you are required to have news. Yeah. News is a very important component. Can you just prioritize your journalists? Mm. They are doing so much. They are going out there on a daily basis, some of them risking their lives to cover stories. Mm. And you are an afterthought Journalists need to be prioritized. We play such a major role. If it wasn't for journalists, people wouldn't know that COVID-19 was even a thing Mm. across the globe. Mm. And not just South African journalists, like journalists across the globe, right? If it wasn't for us, people wouldn't know where the coronavirus started. People wouldn't know... How people are suffering in different provinces because of COVID 19. You wouldn't know that the doctors at Tigerberg don't mm. have PPEs. Mm, mm. Who would tell you that? Government? No. Really? You think they would tell you that?
1: According to a study by ProofHub.com, 58% of professionals say that the recognition of their work boosts their engagement in their jobs and workspaces. Acknowledging the contribution of employees and colleagues leads to better working environments and greater team participation. I think journalists just need to be
0: prioritized. Mm. I feel like our role in society, yes, it's slowly being recognized, But it should have been recognized a long time ago.
1: Throughout the season, we heard guests talk about the good and the bad about being a journalist. One area we never delved into deeply was around how journalism interacts with everyday life away from the career. I would like to pursue this matter further in our second season. Life coaches and mentors will always advise that you avoid taking your work home with you to maintain a balanced life. But for a journalist, this can be a difficult thing to achieve. More so in the digital age that we live in. I asked Lindy how she balances
0: her career with family. So I think I'm very fortunate in that I've always had a very strong support system. Mm. So my partner is very supportive based on the fact that he's also in the industry. He Mm. kind of understands how it works. Mm. Um, My family is also extremely supportive and they help, especially if I'm not around and my son has re- something really important that he has to be at, um, which I'm really, really grateful for. So I never feel like when I am called to work, I never feel like I'm taking away quality time. Mm. Um, would I like to spend more time with my son? Listen, I would like to be a stay-at-home mom <laughs> yeah. if I could. yeah, But... I also just love my career. Mm. Um, And the time that I do spend with my family is that quality time. Mm. Um, Over the years, you you learn how to be present with people, right? So even though we're in the same room, you can be in the same room with someone, but you're not actually there because I'm thinking about the story that I did yesterday or was my anchoring good enough this afternoon Mm. and, and, and. But I've learned that you actually need to be present. You need to, at some point in all of your hustle, prioritize yourself Mm. because this industry is very consuming Um, and you can overcommit in an attempt to prove yourself, right? Mm. To prove that I'm worthy. And so you end up taking on more than you actually should have. Mm. And at the end of the day, you suffer. Your health suffers, your family will suffer, um, and you need to just ask yourself, is it worth it? You get to a point where you're just asking yourself, is it worth it? So I think prioritizing yourself is a big thing. And when you're, when you're doing good as a person, when you're doing good and you're feeling good, and for me, when you're looking good, yes. then you are going to go out and you're going to do good. Yes. Right? Mm. Um, I mean, imagine doing a bulletin and you're depressed, And you've left home and you've got problems at home and, and, and. Mm. Yes, you can pick yourself up because this is work. Yeah. But isn't it better when you're just feeling good, when you're in a good space Mm. mentally and physically and you're doing that job, even though it's
1: taxing? Listening back to my conversation with Lindy has been refreshing. She's still very much a young person, but she has quickly become one of my go-tos when I need counsel on work or personal matters. Lindy has worked on so many stories that I and many others have loved. Her character and talent contribute richly to the archive of great South African journalism. For the last time this season, I asked our guest what one story
0: was the closest to their heart. Sure, there's been so many, hey? Um, when I was at Kaya, I was a reporter and my beat at the time was women and children. Mm-hmm. And just before I left Kaya, there's a story that we did about the two kids who died in Malville in, from a creche. They allegedly ate poison at the creche and the owners of this creche, which was an illegal creche, took the kids to hospital without letting the parents know book them into hospital the hospital still admitted the children without the parents being there and these two kids i mean one died that night the other died the following day mm. and this crash was still operational and i sat down with one of the mothers and before my interview with her she had done interviews like with the sabc and other news groups that had been there just before me mm. and when i arrived there she was already in tears right and then you go into this little shack that we're all doing interviews in. And I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't do it then and there. Mm. I felt like she had said her story over and over again. Mm. Her child had been dead for about two months. She still had no answers as to what happened. Mm. Um, police were not even aware of this case. And I was like to her, I'm going to give you time. Mm. Even if it means we don't have the exclusive of your voice. We have the story. Yeah. I'm not able to get the story at that point. Mm. Because you could just see that she had she had really poured her heart out so many times. That even if I was to sit down and speak to her, she would just be regurgitating facts. Mm. There is nothing solid or nothing that all the other media houses hadn't already gotten that I was going to get. Um, and then, I mean, we went to the crash with her and she was shouting at the owner of this crash and an aunt. And then after all of this, um, then I sat down with her and we had a conversation. And sure, Nyaks, You know, when a mother is remembering her daughter... Um, what she loved most about this little girl, what this little girl used to love doing, the reasons why she took her to that particular creche, her past experiences with that particular creche, her plans to take the child that she was pregnant with to that place as well, um, the anger from her baby daddy side. We even got to finding out that her baby daddy was abusive and how he threatened to beat her up after this child had died. Just allowing people to pour their heart out in a safe environment is what I learned from that story. Um, and there's so many lessons. Yes, There were so many lessons. But that's a story that sticks out for me. And I mean, as we speak now, I recently spoke to her and she was like, the police still haven't gotten back to me. Sure, She still doesn't know what happened to her kids. She's like, as soon as media left, everything went quiet.
1: With news grabbing headlines like the inquiry into state capture and COVID-19 dominating social discourse, it is the journalism industry's job to keep stories like these alive. Journalism is a kind of mirror reflecting and reporting on what's happening around us. When I hold up my mirror, I see in myself the contributions from Lindy and all of this season's guests. I really want to take the time to truly thank all of my guests for our very first season. My dialogues with you have made me a better journalist and a better person. And this is it for our opening season of Off the Record podcast. Be sure to find us on Instagram at Off the Record podcast or hit me up at underscore Nyakaloti on Twitter or at Off the Record PO. I look forward to hearing from you. Off the Record is a Paislovakia dance original podcast series. Research and writing by Nyakalotefu and Rati Let's meet up again next season. For now, goodbye.